people who are poor and they just keep saying that over and over again and then 20 years from now they're gonna be poor there's no like you've told yourself you agree to it you live it you say it you breathe it welcome to learn with us brought to you by 303 and you we are a team of four non-financial advisors who are exploring a revolutionary new financial approach that goes beyond money to prioritize your emotional mental and spiritual well-being through weekly meetings and engaging podcasts we strive to help you improve all aspects of your well-being as well as ours. Come join us on this journey of growth and self-improvement because at 303 and we believe true wealth extends beyond dollars and cents. Happy learning. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Learn With Us. Today, we are going over the Emotion Code by Dr. Badley Nelson. We're doing part two, part two, the secret world of trapped emotions. How's everybody doing? Everybody is just me, and I'm doing pretty good. And this is actually chapter one, part two. Everybody's the people in the audience, too. I know they can't respond, but it feels nice to talk back. Yeah, hi. How are you all? It's chapter two, but of part one. I wonder what part two is. I didn't even know he broke it down that much. Part two is all about energy in the world, but we're not there yet. This is chapter two. The and secret it's, world. Yeah, the secret world of trapped emotions. The first couple pages of this chapter two is basically just explaining a list of circumstances that would likely end up in you having a trapped emotion. Talks about divorce, relationship problems, financial hardship, home and work stress, loss of a loved one. It goes on and on. Physical trauma, rejection, negative self-talk even. Oh wow, you can put your own right in, you're saying, from looking in the mirror and saying something mean. You can almost trap that right into your yeah, because a little bit further in, he talks about how what you say out into the world is what becomes. So you are in control of everything, but in your subconscious, basically. I've been preaching that to you since we met. So it talks about how you need to understand um, the conscious versus the subconscious, which a lot of this I thought was really cool. Made a point to say that your conscious mind needs almost none of the brain's t- total resources. Oh, no, I remember that part. Yeah, he was saying that being alive and awake uses like 3 4% of your body or your brain potential because the rest of it's being used to power like everything else, the thoughts, your immune system, every, you know, things you don't have to think about. Like, I never thought like you, your body digests food through your brain. I guess I never put that together. So your brain is constantly being used. Right, and then he says, if that's true, then what is the vast remainder of your brain doing? So it basically says that the rest of your brain is the subconscious, which the subconscious is unconscious intelligence within you that is constantly busy storing information and keeping your body system running efficiently. This is, And, the, and then it says, it's also important to understand that your subconscious mind exerts an unseen yet profound influence over the things that we do and over how we be- behave and how we feel. I've always thought about my subconscious, but I didn't think about what it actually do- I thought it was just like the choices you made, but it, it's even way deeper. It goes right down to the way you digest food, the way you... Your body actually functioning, like, yeah. Like it says, it says imagine if you, if you had to take over your subconscious's job you would have to instruct your digestive system on how to digest the lunch that you just ate. Do you know that movie? I can't think of the name, but it's like that girl has 100% brain power. I'll have to add it in later. (laughs) The name of it was Lucy. 
<laughs> but that girl has 100% brain power and she uh, can control how long her hairs grow and how long her nails are because they're saying that your brain does all that. So if you had power over it, you could tell it how long to make your nails. Oh, well, that sounds kind of neat. So I wonder if that's part of the subconscious traits. Huh. Like, and also another thing about your brain is like when they do brain surgery, they keep you awake for it. Oh yeah, that was amazing. Like, it there's no other way to make sure everything's working other than have them do the alphabet, wasn't it? Yeah, and just to talk to them. Just normal everyday conversation and be like, um, he's slurring a little. Oops, we gotta stop touching that. <laughs> Dr. Nielsen goes on to say that he believes that everything you've ever done in your entire life has been logged into your subconscious mind. He says every face you've ever seen in a crowd, every smell, every voice, every song, every taste, every touch, and every sensation you have ever experienced has been recorded by your subconscious. I, this is kind of goofy, but it made me think of the other, like a couple weeks ago when I made those blueberry muffins. Oh. <laughs> and they tasted like like my blueberry muffins tasted like my grandmother who's deceased now her oatmeal raisin cookies and it made no sense <laughs> they're like the ingredients are nowhere in the same ballpark but <laughs> but the flavor, the flavor there was a flavor there that I hadn't tasted in 25 years even so. your mom went on to say yeah it's yeah, that's right. Exactly. I, even had to like. my, I had that. My mother confirmed it. Like it was very, it was very odd. So I like that. I feel like that's what, like that was a taste that I, it's just been in there somewhere forever, just waiting. <laughs> wow. No, that's amazing. I didn't even think of that. But even the smell that I have sometimes literally can bring back a whole memory. So that means that's bouncing around in there somewhere. <laughs> so then it says your subconscious is also aware of exactly what your body needs in order to be well or stay well or get well but we don't really know how to access that information so that's the next step is figuring out how and this part is is like your movie says that the brain is essentially like a computer the most powerful computer in the known universe this made me wonder if healers would ever be able to tap into the immense power of the brain oh wow so could you imagine you get shot and then you could like tell your cells to rush there all the you know yeah. and you could fill that hole right up <laughs> next little part is talking to the body and then he says before he can teach you how to get information from your subconscious mind by talking to your body you need to understand one basic principle and that's all organisms will respond to positive or negative stimuli say you're ugly to a plant every day it's gonna die and turn gray it's very odd. I didn't believe this, but they had two jars of rice. I don't know where this was. I can't remember. But they would walk up to one and tell it how nice it was and how beautiful it was and scream at the other one. And it black mold grew on one and not the other. There's like, I don't know if that's real, but... Yeah, it's real. And it's been done multiple <laughs> times, even by children for science experiments. It's like, a real thing. That is amazing. Your hate can literally be put onto the food somehow. Like what? <laughs> the energies. So the human body isn't any different. No, that's what I was agreeing with you on. That if you could do that to a piece of rice, imagine what you're doing inside your head. And if you allow yourself to quiet your conscious mind and tune into your body, then you can learn that your subconscious is quite capable of communicating with you. 
and the first way that he teaches you to do that is called the sway test. This one is, I feel like it's hard as a human because you're going to cheat no matter what. I feel like we talked about it when we were reading it, that it was, it's hard for you not to be like, well, did, did you have a bad childhood and you're going to sway forward if you think you did, like. Yeah, like who's, like, are, is it really, I guess you have to learn how to actually let go of everything and have your subconscious be the one that is answering. It does say to practice. Um, it doesn't say to start out with asking questions like that. It starts with like ba very basic, simple questions and almost like a meditation while you're doing it of like, what is like, like what my name is Joe, if your name is Joe and to like train. I guess I missed that part. I didn't see that where you were saying we had to just go in slow because you're right. Eventually you're like, okay, obviously I know my name is what my name is, but it, I'm not moving at all. Now I can ask myself a real question that I don't know the answer unbiased yeah because you're going to mess up and you are going to be biased like he says if you say like one of his examples is to keep your mind clear and not to let your thoughts wander because if you make a positive statement or a true statement but then you immediately start thinking about an argument that you had with your spouse earlier you're not going to answer correctly because you're not focused, which is why I use I used the word meditation. I can't remember what episode, but we did have a little bit at the end where our friend Juan came in and did a little speech about meditation, and I've been more open to it afterwards. It's It sounds silly, but if you ever sit in a room and all you have to do is sit there and tell yourself to stop thinking and you, like that's so simple but it's it's hard it's hard to clear your mind that much he says the most challenging aspect of this form of testing for some people is that it requires them to give up control for a few moments and allow their body to do what it wants for some giving up control is not easy nevertheless it's a simple skill to learn and it shouldn't take you very long to become proficient just keeping your mind calm and allow your subconscious to communicate with you through the mechanism of your physical body he also says, if for some physical reason you are not able to perform this test, don't worry. There are several other options, which I will outline for you in Chapter 5. So maybe where we were talking about how you could be biased. So if there's one where you think you're truly biased, there's also a backup. Another test to clarify. It says, what are trapped emotions made of? Everything in the universe is made of energy, whether that energy manifests in physical form or remains invisible to us. It is the particular arrangement of these energies and their specific rates of vibration that determine how they will appear to us. At the most basic level, everything that exists is made up of the same stuff, energy. We are made of energy. <laughs> we are like fish swimming in a sea of energy. Energy is the stuff from which all things are made. We can feel energy when it is in the form of emotions, and if negative emotional energies become trapped within us, they may adversely affect us. Trapped emotions are made of energy. This next part's pretty cool. Makes me think of the ancient Egyptians. They kind of had the same idea where the organs were very important to you in the next life because they hold all the emotions and key things. I mean, I don't know why the Egyptians did it. I wasn't there, but according to this book, people who are afraid seem to have kidney and bladder problems. People who are angry all the time seem to have liver and gallbladder problems. Your energy has to come from somewhere, so it comes from that organ itself, and or it gets trapped in there, because that's the one spot you can store it. Is that the deal? Yeah. 
And even now, the author is convinced that organs in the body really do produce the emotions that we experience. And that's what the ancient physicians thought. And if you're feeling an emotion of anger, it's not coming entirely from your brain. The energy of the emotional vibration you're feeling is actually coming from your liver or your gallbladder. Oh, remember we were talking about the... We think that, you know, how drunks seem to be extremely angry. We were wondering if that's because you're destroying the liver and that's where all the anger is. So as that's being poisoned, it's releasing the anger too. Yeah, I can't... It's a little bit more further in, I think he actually talks about, he specifically talks about, um, have you ever noticed about alcoholics and anger and liver and how it all goes together? Not that, not that everybody who drinks gets angry, but it's, it's a more common thing. And they also have liver issues, and now I'm going to have to find it. <laughs> okay, I found it. It says, another example can be found in the way alcohol affects people. We all know that people who become alcoholics often die of liver disease. We also know that many people who drink can become quite angry and violent when under the influence. And then alcohol is broken down and processed by the liver, and too much alcohol over, would, would overstimulate the liver. And when you overstimulate or overload an organ, it's going to produce more of the emotions that it's designed to produce, which the liver is designed to produce feelings of anger, among others. So this is the mechanism that is often at work when drinking results in violence. So if you have an organ that is diseased, overloaded, overloaded or imbalanced in some way, the emotions created by that organ will often be more frequent and more intense. We're not your excuse to be angry next time you're drunk. Just say, oh, it's my liver. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is actually fascinating. So the more you drink, the more you overload your liver which is why you become angrier and angrier, because you're overstimulating. Does wine, I wonder, affect it in a different way? Is that why people, I know that, or like tequila, you know, those because are ones that affect it in a different... alcohol affects different people in different ways, yeah. I know what you're getting at. I'm huh. not, I don't know. That it's probably, cool to think about, yeah. is all. <laughs> that might be more of like a biochemist question, or wait, no, no, go back. Not way back. out of this podcast league. <clears throat> So if you really are um, into learning about how to discover trapped emotions, you're going to probably need to get a copy of this book. On page 34, 35, it's the, there's an emotion code chart, which there's like six rows and column A and column B, and it explains how the various shades of anger in words such as rage, fury, irritation, aggravation, riled, and annoyed, they all actually are recognized and mean something a little bit differently when you're trying to identify them with the emotion code. So you're, you're just going to need a copy of this chart. <laughs> it's just, I feel like Americans, other languages have deeper meanings for words. We are almost lazy in our language, so it, it comes out as like, I'm mad, but what, what does that really mean? Have you ever looked up what mad is? Maybe you're just irritated. Maybe you're just frustrated. But we're so lazy. We're just, we're mad. It's one word to fit them all. It says learn more at discoverhealing.com. So you can probably check out the chart there. The next cool part, I not that at all isn't interesting, but I like was he talks about how people talk about the back of their hand. You know, I know that like the back of my hand but if you think about it, if you zoomed in, was it like 10 times? Or maybe it was 100. But you would not understand the world that is on the back of your hand. 
It was funny. He says your hand may seem solid, but there's actually a lot of empty space there. At the sub at an at atomic level, there are vast differences between each spinning electron. Every atom atoms are ninety-nine point nine 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 percent empty space. So your hand is pretty much ninety-nine point nine 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 empty space. I've always heard that everything is a vibration. That's, you know, yeah. the table isn't real. It's a vibration that your hand can feel because of it vibrating at a certain frequency. Yeah, your like hand... I never understood that. It says but. your hand seems solid, but it's made of dynamic energy and constant vibration. In fact, physicists now understand that the so-called subatomic particles that make up the atom are not really particles at all. They measure the contents of the atom in energy units instead because it's so much more accurate. So we're all just balls of energy. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that sounds weird. So if we're energy, then our thoughts are energy. The thoughts that you create are made of energy. Yeah. And they have no boundaries. Just like radiation or anything else. It can go wherever it needs to. Oh, right. That's what I was referring to. It says each of us is like a radio station and we're constantly broadcasting the energy of our thoughts from us and fill the immensity of the space touching all of those around us for good or ill it says like you if you know somebody's calling before they call or you know who's calling before they call or if you go to the doctor's office and somebody is cranky and then all of a sudden everybody's cranky or work i was thinking about work i knew it you were, well i knew you were <laughs> it also talks about your own thoughts and how they can affect you like what do you say to yourself how often do you criticize yourself Negative self-talk may be hurting you more than you realize, which I think is true, which is why I said, like, whatever you put out there, even if you're just talking to yourself, that's what's going to happen. I mean, you're the one who called it. You, That's what you wanted. It's especially when people say, whatever, I'm going to be poor. I mean, that's the main point of this podcast anyways, is trying to get positive thoughts out of our money. People who are poor and they just keep saying that over and over again and then 20 years from now, they're going to be poor. There's no, like, you've told yourself, you agree to it, you live it, you say it, you breathe it. So if you're going to be rich, they say fake it till you make it. Like, that's a real thing. Like, you have to tell yourself, I'm going to be rich, I'm going to be successful, I'm going to be positive, and you will be. There is no maybe. I like the part where he was talking about the resonance of trapped emotions, where you can break glass you know i've always seen people who can sing at a certain frequency and i wondered how they could do that but it's the vibrations in the air so if you literally vibrate at the same level as an object you can smash it just to prove that we are just vibrations we're just balls of energy that can touch other energies and if you can tune to that energy you can literally smash it Right, and it talks about how you everybody should go through the process and release their trapped emotions if you have them, because if you don't, it's just going to fester. And then, for example, if you have a trapped emotion of anger and you don't even know that it's there, as a result, whenever you come into a situation where you could become angry, it's much more likely that you will become angry because in a fascinating and literal way, part of you is already angry. You're saying there's like a little fire in you, as they say, just sitting there cooking, and as soon as someone says something, it just instantly adds fuel to it? It makes sense. It's kind of like why some people can't like control their reactions, autom like don't think before they say things, turn and fight with people, like all of that seems to make sense. He continues on with a bunch of 
stories that I recommend if you haven't, if you get a chance to go back and read, absolutely, because they get the point across, but they're, you don't want to hear us say the same thing 32 times, so we'll no, move they're, on. <laughs> they're just like specific examples of people or patients. Clarifying the powers of the trapped emotions and how it helps you physically and mentally. One that I like particularly was uh, the tennis elbow. They've literally kept telling my dad that there is no, nothing wrong with you. It's all in your head. He ended up getting a surgery, so maybe they were wrong, but yeah. they, they like to start there at least. I'm going to close up just with the last little part here. It says, when, well, once you learn how and then by releasing your trapped emotions, you will be removing the unwanted negative energies that are hampering the normal function of your tissues and you will be helping to reestablish the free flow of energy thus helping your body to heal itself your mind will return to a more natural state as well without the drama pain and weight of your old emotions blocking you from progressing in your life uh, next i will share some amazing secrets that ancient physicians knew about the human energy field that have recently been rediscovered and now we're finally going to start part two the energetic world which is chapter three Mysteries of the Ancient Energy Healer. I hope to see everybody there. Have a good week. Bye. Thank you for joining us this week. We hope you've enjoyed our discussion and found it both informative and entertaining. Please stay connected with us and continue the conversation on our social media. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. You can also catch us on most podcast platforms and catch up on previous episodes. If you have any suggestions or topics you'd like us to explore in the future, we'd love to hear from you, and you can reach out to us via email at 303andU at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends and family if you've enjoyed what you've heard. We will be back next week with more engaging topics and insightful conversations. Until then, take care, stay curious, and happy learning.